Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion live chat on Facebook and YouTube. I'm Ken Dolan Delvecchio. It's great to be with you. I'm here with my colleague and friend, Nancy Saxton Lopez, and co-author. And this is a program that we have every Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern that gives us an opportunity to take some of the learning that we put in our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, and take that and share it more widely with a broader audience and, and also respond to your questions and, and your stories. And so we welcome you to the program. And if you are not able to, if you're watching this on videotape, you can, again, watch it on YouTube, on Facebook. You can also listen on Anchor and a whole bunch of other podcasts outlets. So Nancy, do you want to get us started? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk tonight about um, loss and death that aren't uh, the usual as uh, like anticipatory death with an animal or sudden death, although that can be included in this. But different situations that come up um, that people really have a more somewhat more of a difficult time with because of complicated situations. So, like this is one of the first ones. Um, a family goes to, and instead of questions, we're going to give the scenario. But you know, you will you will know what we're talking about as we go through the the the, the scene um, or the situation. So a family is on vacation, and they have a home, you know, in in a different uh, state or a different place from their regular home, and they take their dog with them. Um, and the dog happens to be um, a runner. You know, he, he tends to like to get out of the out, out of the house. And so, the, on vacation, they're there, and someone inadvertently opens the door. The dog leaves. There's some panic. Where's the dog? Um, eventually within some hours, somebody has seen the dog, found the dog and the dog is returned. But unfortunately it happens again. And there's again, some panic. There's a lot of watching and looking and putting posters up. But unfortunately now it's, you know, August, and they have to go home, and they don't have their dog. Yeah, so, that's, so this is this ambiguous loss, right, where yeah. there's, there's uncertainty. There's huge uncertainty. There's no clarity about what happened. I'm not sure if this animal is still alive somewhere or has, has, been, found. Died, yeah, has been found, has been adopted by someone, all those kinds or of has, possibilities. Or died right so, so but that's the that's the anxiety you know there's yeah. always a sense of anxiety that they don't know where their their beloved animal is um i've had cases where um it's it could be periods of, of months or years because of this uncertainty and anxiety in one particular case, the, um, the person did go to an animal communicator. Um, that was how he dealt with it. And the communicator did say that he had seen 
their dog, um, the family's dog, had died. And I think at that point, they were able then to kind of have some closure because it was agonizing for them for a long time. Sure. Well, I think that's the, that's the thing when we have a loss that's defined, mm-hmm. when we have a body or we are just, we know what happened. That's very different than when it's just an open, an open question. And, and most times what people will do is they will, they'll do something that provides closure. They'll, mm-hmm. pro- they'll do something that provides at least enough closure so that they can go on with their grieving and, and, and not continue to be uncertain. And sometimes that is just making a decision, maybe mm-hmm. as an individual, maybe as a couple, maybe as a family, that their, their pet is gone. And there's, and that's really the, the final, the final way that they're going to make sense, the way that they're going to understand it, the way that they're going to claim what happened. Close it. I mean, they, so there needs to be some closure at some point in time, although that may not happen for some people and maybe they never get another animal because they don't want something like that to happen again. Yeah. No, but there are. I mean, I have also a, a couple I work with, I still work with, and one of their cats that was a, uh, a feral cat, they had actually um, gotten to, to eventually come into the house and was with them and then got out. And But the cat came back, but it was over here. And so yeah. it was amazing that that happened, but they, for a whole year, they were devastated they were upset they were anxious they didn't know where their cat was alive or not well i I had that situation as you know with my friend henry my cat a barn cat who i adopted from the local animal shelter and i actually have had built a a fence that was supposed to contain the barn cats fence with a, a jutting top 45 degree inward and it does contain one of my barn cats but but he learned how to get out and and he was fine he stuck around the house he was he was a really great friend if i was doing cleaning up the roof for the gutters he'd be on the roof but but one time he got he got sick he was coughing in the morning i took him to the vet i brought him back after it was during this covid period the vet said they, they took them into their office. I couldn't be there and said he wasn't coughing at all and that they couldn't find anything amiss with him. So they really couldn't figure out what he was ill with and then gave him back to me and his carrier. As soon as I got him home, I took him out and he was coughing. And I said, okay, well, they checked him out. They listened to his chest. He's probably got some kind of minor thing and put him back in the, in the area where I have my cats and you know they can go into their heated room and whatnot and never saw him again. Yeah. And it was very, it was, I had to decide that he is dead because for me, that's what works is to, after several days looking all around, you know, checking the, the nearby roads and going into the woods and, you know, wondering, did a coyote get him or what happened to him? I, I couldn't find his body. And so, at a certain point, I realized I'm not going to see him anymore and haven't. But that's complicated because we yeah. don't know. We just don't know. 
So, and there was something that actually I didn't talk to you about prior, but to, to our episode tonight, but um, uh, animals, uh, dogs getting stolen. Um, yeah. Lady Gaga's two French bull. Well, there were three French bulls being walked by her dog walker, and the dog walker was held up at gunpoint, and they got two of her three French bulls. And so, and that happened this this morning. I mean, it, or last night. It just happened wow. last night in California. Now, um, that particular breed, because I know I, I, you know, I watch a lot with this because I have that particular breed, mm -hmm. but um, are very expensive, and so they're they're a hot commodity, more so in the wow. West for some reason. Amazing. Yes, in San Francisco and and, and L.A., and because they can get like ten thousand dollars for them. But now here's this woman who loves, she's already depressed. You know, we all know that Lady Gaga has some mental, you know, she's a wonderful entertainer and very brilliant, but she has some mental health issues. And now these- I didn't know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> but but now these- That two, makes me like her even more. <laughs> you know, she's come out and talked about that. But yeah. now her, what two of her dogs are, are gone. I mean, she, and she does, what are they going to, I don't think they knew that they were Lady Gaga's yeah. dogs. So now it's, worldwide news and so what are they going to do with those dogs so if they're gonna are they yeah so what are they gonna do are they gonna ransom them you know that i mean that's got to be really really scary and horrible and i and i don't know what she's got a five hundred thousand dollar reward um but with no questions asked but who knows but that can't happen i mean it's it's I don't know if it happens. It probably happens in other countries too, but um, you know, you hear that every once in a while. You know yeah. that, that they're stolen. Yeah. Well, we've also heard stories where a dog is not a vicious dog, is not a biter usually, but there's a guest who comes who, for whatever reason, this dog responds to in a really unprecedented way and attacks and bites. And now the family is being told they have to euthanize their, their dog. Right. They've never seen this behavior before. And the, the pain of that and all of the questions and all of the what ifs and why, why did this happen and couldn't we have and shouldn't we, you know, all that stuff. And it's just so complicated because the, as far as they are aware, there's nothing even, there's no, there's no life-threatening illness. There's nothing That's like right. that. And and I actually had a consultation with someone some years back, um, and she had called because she was devastated. This was her first child, you know. She had she had two-legged children, but um, the dog, who, who had never really been any kind of viciousness or aggressiveness, but um, he was spooked and he bit a jogger. Mm -hmm. And the jogger sued and the homeowner's insurance would not cover the house unless the dog was euthanized. And so she was so distraught, you know, that this, this, like you said, this dog was not an aggressive dog, you know, had never had issues like that, but she was put in this position mm -hmm. that no insurance company would, would insure their home. And so she had to make that horrible decision to do that. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Um, now another situation is also in divorce. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, <laughs> one, one a partner wants the dog or the cat, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the other partner wants the dog or the cat. And mm -hmm. I have heard stories where it's been like almost five or six years as to what's going to happen to that to that pet. To mm -hmm. Have uh, you seen situations where there's there's custody sharing? I've seen that yes. where the, their people hand their pets back and forth at, at agreed upon intervals, just like children. Like now. children, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that sometimes can happen, and sometimes it doesn't. I, you know, I have a, a friend whose sister went through that, and her her ex husband has the dog. Mm -hmm. And and she's just never really recovered from that. And it wasn't under, the divorce was on good terms, so there was yeah. no there could be custody. That, that that makes all the difference in the world if they can be civil with each other. Yeah, I mean that's really tough. I actually know of a situation where, and this is a colleague in in Minnesota, where one person has the dog for I think six months, and then the the partner who is no longer in this country, I think is in Europe somewhere, takes comes and takes the dog for another six months. So, I mean, people work this out all kinds of ways. And, you know, we love our animals. We're not, we're not gonna, we, we want to see them again. <laughs> you know, it's, so, it's interesting. And I, this is an aside, but I just remembered it. So I wanted to tell people in the United States anyway, that when I was doing some of the, um, my presentations, you know, and I would get some, data you know some some uh, numbers and i some years not that long ago five years ago right four four or five years ago um americans spent about 65 billion dollars in the pet industry mm -hmm. now it's up to 97. Yep. Worth, and worth every penny <laughs> so um but i mean and a lot of that had to, and that was in 2019 so it wasn't mm -hmm. even it was pre-covid Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's amazing what, you know, how we love our animals. Absolutely. And 30% of it was on food. So I was going to say, we, we feed our dogs raw food. <laughs> and, then, and then close to that were veterinary bills, obviously. So, mm -hmm. you know, I thought that was interesting. So, um, so we've, we've touched on loss or, you know, running away, you know, we've touched on being, uh, having been stolen. Um, we've touched on, you know, the potential of, of aggressiveness. And also I think, I think families get upset when they have to make decisions, not necessarily to euthanize, but when they have human children and the children are allergic. Yeah. To the to yeah. the to their animals, to their cat yeah. and their dog, yeah. which means then they have to give them up, you know. Um, and there's a hope that they have people that will, you know, friends or relatives yeah. will take yeah. will take the animal. I, I have seen situations in which the family decides that whoever needs to will start taking uh, the shots that will help them. So they won't be yes. They so won't they're, be they're, sickened they're, by the allergies, and so the people will make those those decisions and go whatever direction is is comfortable for them. Now you had a didn't you have a you had a dog way back when, mm -hmm. when Lynn was pregnant, and 
Hmm. He was sick, right? Didn't he have some kind of disorder? He, we had a we had we had a shelter dog, whose name was Rufus, hmm. and he was a coonhound. He was a beautiful dog, but he had this psychological, physiological thing where he was he was he was overly dominant, and he would if started happening that in the evenings he would become really dangerous and he would attack us if we tried to move him like off the couch or something like that or we tried to uh, just you know put a collar on him it, all, it kind of grew but it was also during the time that my my son's mother was pregnant when Lynn was pregnant and so we started taking him to vets and behaviorists and together we we had talk about spending money we we really had a lot of work can we contributed a lot of work and a lot of finances to this but but ultimately we were told that he would attack our baby because uh-huh. he had such a dominance drive and he was sort of losing perspective on the two of us because we did all the things that you do to to assert dominance we went through all this training we but, uh, but uh, we were told that we had two choices. We had three choices. We could remove all his teeth. Oh, my goodness. We could pen him and basically keep him like a zoo animal where you give, would give him food, but he couldn't be trusted with people and with a small child, or we could euthanize him. And we, we worked on it for a while. We, we decided to euthanize him. Because we didn't think that either of those two were actually a ways ways for an animal to live. It would be too too hard for him. Yeah, and and and, and we just uh, it was really hard decision. But we and we also were we also were told you you can't he wouldn't be adoptable. Like nobody nobody can take this on. It's not the kind of thing where you're going to find somebody who's like a okay with this because it's not it's not going to be that way. And so. Because I know we took we we took him to to the local shelters as well in New Jersey and asked about about that. So it was very weird and painful. And yeah, of course, it was painful. Um, no, and any kind of aggression or something like that, you know, it's very difficult to rehome a dog. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people who had them, there was a man who came to the group years back. And he had um, adopted a dog from his cousin. Now, the dog had this quirk with, with a door. So we, he believed that his cousin was, was, um, had abused him around a door shutting. There was something about it. Oh, okay. And he spent... Oodles. I mean, he really loved this dog. He had a trainer. He went through uh, training programs. Um, and one night, he was with a, he was with his girlfriend, or maybe it was his wife. I remember. And we're sitting there, and the door shut, and the dog bit him. After all this, I mean, years he had been working with this dog, and. He was. He had to go to the hospital. He was in some pain, um, mm-hmm. and the trainer said that you need to. We're going to have to euthanize him. You know, 
which they did, he, the trainer did. Um, and he just couldn't get over it because he said I was on pain meds and I didn't know what I was saying. And I really didn't want to have that happen. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was really devastating for him. Well, it, 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 there is this, this, with those kinds of situations, there's, you have to look at the balance of risks. You have to mm-hmm. make it hopefully a very collaborative decision. That's very unfortunate that he didn't feel like he was lucid yeah. when he was contributing to that decision. But but there, these are very complex situations often. And you know, when I think about what we just discussed, I, I, I kind of feel like we, we went through quite a process of deliberating and, and that's what made it okay for us to do what we did because we didn't do it rashly. We, didn't, we certainly didn't do it impulsively. And, and we, we just felt like that for all the way around, that was the only way we could figure out that made any sense. We didn't want to do the other two options. We just didn't think that was, that was a life. Oh, so. no, I, no, I agree with you. You know, that it would be so hard for him to be living in a, in a pen mm-hmm. and not be able to be with anyone. Mm-hmm. Or to have no teeth, that would be so weird. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and even that, I mean, also, one of the things we were thinking is, like, what would that be like? Like, what would that be like? He'd still bite us. Yeah, I know. You know, he'd still, and, and we'd have a baby. I mean, one of the things we kept being told was you, you, you can't have an infant with an animal in the house that is potentially dangerous. You just can't, can't do that. So when it comes to that kind of situation, you've got to, you've got to do what you've got to do. So other, other things, I guess we also talked about divorce. Um, but I, you know, just miss, ah, I have one. People who don't mean to kill their animals, but do it. Well, that, yeah, we've seen a few of those situations as well. Yeah. Um, of course, they would never want to do that. But um, a lot of times, the animals in a driveway. Yeah. Yeah. Or has run out, and yeah. um, and that's you know has happened multiple times. Um, well, we've heard the stories too about people who forgot their animal was in the car, and yeah. they were yeah. they went to work or they went home and they left the car out in the driveway, and and the animal asphyxiated. We people we make errors sometimes. Yeah. So much about about life requires us to acknowledge that we're not perfect and that we sometimes do we do small and large mistakes and sometimes they have pretty significant impact but we have to keep going we have to you know we know the stories of course who've who've done that with their with their infants or their children yeah it's happened with people too yeah yeah there was one person that came to the group for a long time because this kind of situation would create this, right? I mean, how how do you 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 forgive yourself, right? It's it's yeah. such a horrendous yeah. guilty thing that yeah. you with no intentions, but something happened that you know their beloved animal has died, um, and I think this was he had given 
he had given a little piece of some kind of food to the dog and the dog choked. And so um, it was horrendous for him. I mean, he was probably coming to the group for, for a year or two. Yeah. It was just, he just couldn't, he couldn't wrap his head around that he obviously, he believed he killed his animal. And yeah, I mean, the way that I think about this, in a sense, is that it, it is, is like layers of grief. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's the loss, there's the uncertainty, you know, uncertainty is another kind of, it's another starting point for grief. There's the error that I made. There's the fact that, you know, I wasn't as vigilant perhaps as I should have been about holding on to the dog's collar or leash or whatever when I opened the door. All these things are, we, we, we have to grieve the fact that this happened or the fact that we made a mistake, those kinds of things. Yeah, there's, there's been situations where people were joyous about moving into a new house mm-hmm. and the dog got out and got hit by a car. And so these are the things that people just struggle with so much. Yeah. And it's such, it, it carries such a different, like you said, different layers yeah. of, of grieving that you have to go through to get, hopefully get to a place where to understand that it wasn't, it's something that an accident happened and it was horrific, but, you know, they have to come to some kind of resolution to that. And, and I think it also comes down to what you mentioned before, which is forgiveness. Yeah. We have to be able to, and mo- many people, particularly people who are very conscientious about caring for their animal companions are much more forgiving of others than they are of themselves. And many times it's, 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 it's useful to just imagine if somebody else were to tell you this story, how would you feel toward them? Would you be inclined to forgive them? Would you be inclined to look upon them with a gentle heart? You know, that there's, if, we can, if we can put it outside ourselves and ask that kind of question, sometimes it can help move along. And certainly in a group setting, that happens where others yeah. will be extraordinarily supportive and will tell this person you know it, it's it's not something that you should uh, right. you should focus on for the rest of your life you know you need to you need to move forward and it makes sense to forgive yourself you weren't they were not there were not evil intentions afoot here that's not what it was and so we have to do that for ourselves in many cases. I think that worked out well in the group. I don't think that over the years, I don't think there was was any group or person that wouldn't feel for that, yeah. that, that member who was going through yeah. something like that. And that's hard yeah. to do. A lot of people that accidentally would kill their animals would not come to a group. No. They're they're embarrassed, upset, you know, how are people going to look at me? This is, you know, but when they did, I mean, the the other members were very, very supportive and caring for them, knowing that you didn't mean to, you know. I, I think it does really come down largely to we're just particularly people who are 
likely to be loving toward animal companion. They're much more vulnerable than us. We try to be incredibly responsible and caring and giving. And, and that there's something about that kind of quality that often is very judgmental about self. Yeah, right. And and so it's so important for there to be other people who can grant forgiveness as a start. I mean, sometimes that doesn't help all that much at first, but right. you know, I mean, life, the, the way I think about some of this stuff is life is short. We have to move forward with the, 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 the best amount of, of energy and regard for ourselves and those around us as we can muster. And if we get trapped in a spiral of negativity, we deserve to find a way beyond that. Exactly. We deserve to find a way to a place that feels more comfortable and balanced. And, you know, we, we've talked some about, some about things like therapy and about medication. And you've got to use whatever tools will help you. Help but through this. Right. there are many complicated, there are many complicated things that can happen and, and, you know, I think about people who have families who have to live with the disappearance yeah. of a loved one, whether it's a, a teenager or a, a veteran in combat, you know, an MIA. It's these are things that somehow people find a way, and and that's the challenge. I think in any of these ambiguous situations, is you use all your resource, use all the support you can, and. Sure. You, and you move forward. You put one foot in front of the other, just like we would with any grieving process. And to be gentle, as usual, try to be gentle with yourself. Try to be gentle. Yeah. Try to take try to take it easy on yourself, on yourself. And for those who have family members or friends, to be gentle with them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's about the end of our time. And I think that that's good message to close on don't you yes yeah gentle things happen unfortunately that that are very disturbing in our lives and you know it's helpful for us to try to um take care of ourselves and work through them the best way we can and a lot of times that means getting help especially for these yeah. complicated situations and can vary and at least getting support at least yes. getting at least getting hearing from other people who who love and respect you and yeah. and will will help you to find some solace and peace. Yes. Perfect. Okay, Nancy, well, I'll look forward to seeing you again next week and yes. and I'm sure we'll be talking in the interim. We'll have to get some questions. Please send your questions in to us. We would be more than happy to answer them.